Welcome to Gamers Cafe, where I am open for business for everything that's going on in the gaming industry. And that's quite a bit sometimes, and quite interesting at other times. But anyways, I'm your host, Brett Dicer, so let's get on with it. So, um, looks like Valve is not, or is actually going to get rid of the green lights. The green light process was for a way for the community to green light or say yes to a game to be launched through Steam and once it goes through the process then they go through early access or whatever else they want to do but they get to be green lighted through Steam and Valve helps them out in uh, some ways. Well Valve didn't really like it too much anymore and they kind of want to change the way they're going to be doing it so it's now going to be Steam Direct and how they're going to be doing it is that it's going to be they're going to go through a process they're going to sign up and do uh, kind of like bank statements, digital paperwork type of a thing is how they described it. Um, it will be launching uh, this spring, or around May I think actually said, and so uh, it looks interesting, uh, it looks like a better system than uh, Greenlight because Greenlight had some problems with uh, some joke projects or even things that just weren't really the person's assets but were stolen instead. And so you had that problem, and so they're trying to get rid of that problem, which I'm all in favor of. Um, I would love to see people make their dreams come true, but I also want them to be, you know, actually, um, you know, you know, truthful about their projects and not stealing someone else's project. That's never fun. Never fun. Never steal someone's project. That's my um, PSA for you. Never steal someone's project. You can be inspired by someone's project. I'm completely and utterly all in favor of that, but don't steal. I know Apple love to do it, but don't steal. It's not it's not cool. Or Facebook with Snapchat, because Facebook does like to steal Snapchat features, which is I always think is funny. But just don't don't steal it. Just don't. Just don't do it. Just fuck away. Alright, anyways. Star Wars Bridge Commander. Yes, it was the big thing in last year E3 for Ubisoft. It, ha it was a VR where you could sit in the captain's chair or be uh, a science officer or engineering. Or whatnot, and you can you know direct or tell your captain, oh look, the shields are down or something like that. Um, and so it was supposed to launch well, um, relatively in November, and it actually didn't happen. It's now going to launch in May, and it's going to have the old school uh, USS Enterprise setup. Uh, so that should be interesting as well. I I I have my mixed feelings about VR in general. I'm not saying it can't be great, it's just when I saw it, E3, I was like, oh yeah, that's that's cool, you're just kind of barking out orders, and yeah, that, that's fun, and kind of doing your thing, and yeah, I guess it looks fun, but the problem is with VR games is that it, it could be fun for a little bit, but I mean, you're going to have to, you have to have four people to play it, obviously, uh, and uh, I think just after a while, it's just not going to be as fun as when you first get it, and so th that's my other problem with it. It just it looks fun for a while, but after a while, it's just going to be like Meh, to me. But if you want a more precise launch date, it's going to be May thirtieth, so the end of May. Uh, so if you have a VR unit, especially the HTC uh, Vive, uh, then you, you might want to pick this up. I mean, if you spent eight hundred dollars, you might as well pick some games up to actually play it and not have a really expensive piece of equipment going hmm. What should I do with this? You know, that's, that's another thing. Speaking of VR, Valve, has, Valve is going to be making three full-blown VR games for it. So Gabe Newell, who is the head of Steam, or Valve I should say, but he does 
also the head of Steam too, um, kind of took to a roundtable discussion about that, saying that you know what it would be great for price drops, but it's just not going to be uh, it's not going to really bring the popularity success just by price dropping it. What we actually need is better games or games that we actually want to play, which I kind of agree with him on this one. Because even with price drops, if you don't have a killer game or something that people want to play over and over again or are clamoring to get, then people are going to be looking at this unit going, why did I spend this much money to not play this game? Because we all want to play the game. We want to play games on our VR units. That's the whole point of it, or part of the point of it. So I understand that part about it, but yeah, but these units are really expensive too. I mean, the HTC is still $800. Uh, the Oculus Rift, you, if you actually add in the wireless controllers, is around $800. Uh, the only like cheaper ones is the Google one, which uses your phone, and the PlayStation VR unit as well. Um, is the only really feasible cheap one, cheaper ones that I can see. Uh, my only problem with this is that when are we going to see these new games? I know it's it's hard, or killer games, I should say. I know it's hard to actually do it for VR, because VR is a little bit different, still a little bit new, people are trying things out. I'm glad that Valve is actually taking a stab at this and trying to make great games with it, and they're also going to be using their own Source Engine or Source 2 Engine, they're going to be using the Unity Engine as well to make these games. Now, they haven't said what, what games they're making, which is unfortunate, because I would really like to know what games they're making. They don't make very many games. The last one they, they, they made was Dota 2, and the last one before that was Portal 2. Uh, they haven't really done anything new with Team Fortress or made a new version of it. They're just going to keep on doing with it, which is fine. Uh, and then we haven't seen Half-Life in 10 years, I think now it is. 10, 11 years. It's been a while since I've seen a new actual Half-Life game from Valve. Not from somebody else or some other modder. From Valve. It's been a while since I've seen it. I would like to, you know, finish the game. But I don't think you're going to let me finish it, so I'm about to finish it in my own head. I'll have to make up my own story and not play the computer games. I don't know how to code. Uh, but going back to this, um, I do, like I said, I do in some ways agree with him. But still, the price is going to be a huge factor, especially when you look at different types of stats about purchase pricing or what makes customers not buy things. It's usually the price of it that's number one and availability, and it goes on and on downward. Um, bad reviews is up there as well, but price is usually number one. Uh, but yeah, I do think there needs to be better killer games for this. I think there are some interesting ones. I also don't think there are some really great ones where I'm like, oh, I really need to have a VR unit now because I really want to play this. It's more of, oh, that's kind of cool. Eh, whatever. But anyways, Conan Exiles. Yes, the new Conan game from Funcom has uh, sold over 300,000 copies, which is actually not bad uh, for early access. Now, it's a survival sandbox which we've seen popularized by DayZ. We also have Rust. Um, Ark, as well, is another one of those. This one is the Conan Universe, and you can build your own cities, castles, and you have a giant behemoth that you can control as well. Um, it looks interesting. I just didn't really... I had no interest in it whatsoever. I said it looked interesting. Uh, I just, like I said, I had no absolutely no interest in it. Um, I think when I first saw the Conan MMO that they made, that they had to actually lay off half their staff for, I was kind of like, eh, I just really don't care about it. I love the Conan world. I think the Conan world's a very interesting world, because it's very dark, and it's very grotesque, and bloody, and basically what life can be sometimes, especially in 
ancient civilization more often. But um, but this just this it looks interesting from a point. But I've played survival sandbox games like Rust, and I just get bored after a while. I just don't. <laughs> I make my house. I'm like, yeah, I created a house. Yeah, I'm done. Okay, I just don't want to do it anymore. I'm done. I'm gonna go with something else. And then, and then I go back to it. Your house has been destroyed. You've been killed. I'm like, oh well, that that happens. I understand. It's it, it, if you aren't playing it for a while, why should you keep your stuff? I mean, that's completely normal. I have no qualms with that whatsoever. Uh, another good news is that Funcom, Funcom has released their dev kits to actually be able to make mods for it as well. So that should be interesting to see uh, how what what mods modders are going to create for this as well and how they're going to enhance the game because a lot of mods actually do a really good job of enhancing games look at uh, Long War for XCOM look at all the mods from Skyrim look at some of the mods from Witcher 3 some of them are pretty good um, I mean you've got tons of examples just from those uh, which I wish more developers would allow modders to actually do things with but you never really know with it, but I'm glad to see the Funcom is actually saying, yes, we want people to create mods, because I think it's actually cool, and that they can actually implement it and actually have an official, if this is an official feature now, and kind of give a little bounty for the modder, that would actually be even better. But yeah, I do like, um, I do like when developers do mods, because it kind of, it brings more of a community in, and the community loves to do this stuff, even without getting paid. Amazing. Alright, looks like Destiny 2. Yes, the second from the original Destiny that was popular but never landed on PC because reasons. Um, is going to be coming out this year. Uh, which is going to be interesting to see what it's actually going to be about. Um, now, there are rumors, and I'm, I'm stressing this, rumors, so it's not confirmed yet, that it could be coming to PC. I hope it does. Um, because this year they're not going to be making it for the Xbox uh, 360 or the PlayStation 3. They're going to stop doing development with that, which is fine because the Xbox One and PS4 are already out and been out for a while. Um, so I'm hoping it goes for that one because I do not play first-person shooters well on controllers. I basically suck at it. <laughs> Just being honest about that one. Um, so I'm hoping that they will come out on PC so I'll actually be able to play it because I do have it on the PS3 I don't play it that much because I just am not very good at it uh, I can play against the computer if I do the multiplayer I, I die all the time it, it's, it's, it's embarrassing uh, and I don't like to be embarrassed in that way too much because I know I'm actually pretty good on PC with first person shooters for the most part um, depending on which game I'm playing but uh, I just do not I, I prefer playing my first-person shooters on keyboards and mouse, or mice, I should say. And it would be great to see Destiny 2 on the PC. I think it can be great on the PC. I think it could be really well done on the PC. But we'll see if Bungie actually you know, wants to finally make a new PC game after years of not making PC games. Yes, I'm talking to you, Bungie. I know you just don't like doing it anymore for some odd reason. Anyways, moving on to Call of Duty and... Um, just Activision fourth quarter projections or outlooks, I should say. Well, they didn't really hit the projections very much, and they said in their earnings call that, well, Call of Duty Infinity Warfare didn't really do as well as they were hoping. 
whoa that's not unheard of because you come out with one every single year it's, it's gonna get kind of old just saying Activision be nice if you kind of skip the year just saying but um, they they have said they're gonna go be going back to their quote-unquote roots now what that means I have no idea they actually could make a new World War two version of it which I would be fine with uh, they could go back to modern warfare we really don't know what they're actually going to be doing uh, so it should be interesting to see what they're actually going to be announcing now I'm, I'm expecting they're going to be announcing something at E3 because it's uh, it's going to be coming up soon well, it's always right around the corner once January hits uh, but yeah it's so Act, uh, Activision has said we are going back to our roots I don't really know what that means maybe it's going to be Maybe a stripped down version closer to Modern Warfare, uh, which had a lot of, which was basic, but it, it, I felt it was more rewarding, not all this other stuff that's going on. Because I feel like they just kept on adding features and adding features, and now it's just feature rich, but a lot of, I'm pretty sure a lot of them that people just don't use. That could be me. I mean, I'm getting older. Um, it's a fact of life. Uh, but yeah, I'm happy just to see them at least attempt to go back to their roots. And maybe even redefine what Call of Duty is, because Call of Duty has been Call of Duty for since Modern Warfare, which was early 2000s, and it, it needs a refresh. It needs a bigger refresh than what they already given it. Now, do I like Call of Duty? No, not anymore. Um, do I think it should stop? No, I love competition. I just think every year is a little bit too much for any franchise. I mean, look at Assassin's Creed. They stopped doing it because it just was getting old. Like, no one really wanted to play anymore. It wasn't as good as it used to be. Ezio is still one of my favorite characters in that series because I don't remember anyone. Well, Black Flag wasn't bad, but I still like Ezio a little bit better. Um, so there's that one. Like I said, I just really want them to make a really great game. That's all I care about is making great games. When you do it every single year, your probability of great games diminishes. So... There's that. Also, with all the earning calls going on, it looks like Activision has laid off several people from its staff. So Infinity Ward's been hit with it. Binox, who does Skylander and Spider-Man as well, has been hit by it. Um, it looks like Binox's uh, Q&A staff has been completely gone. So this is just a reaction to, um, to their projections and realigning themselves to be profitable this is basically what business have to decide it's not very fun do I like seeing pe uh, people getting laid off no it's terrible I hate that I don't care if it's a good or bad developer it's never not all these people are responsible for all the all the bad things happening with it it, it just sucks because you're just on the chopping block but uh, it's unfortunate I do hope them the best I do hope they find uh, more employ new employment uh, quick and easier easier um, because it's not easy. It's not fun to find jobs. It's it's like the worst thing in the world. Uh, soul crushing. Anyways, moving on to uh, Ghost Recon Wildland. So at the end, I'm gonna give my impressions of the beta that I played. Um, but then they're actually gonna have a feature. The eye tracking feature is gonna be supported at launch, so you can use. Um, now you have to have a specific uh, tech for to actually use this. Um, but it's the Toby Eye uh, Tracker 4C that you're going to have to use to use that. And the, 
it's going to have advanced features to you know look in one direction and have your character walk there it's going to have it where you can do advanced communication with it as well also use eye tracking to actually aim better as they say um and just other features within it as well now do i think these are cool things no i really don't to be honest with you i kind of think they're really more gimmicky than anything else um, but I mean some people may like it eye tracking sounds like an interesting thing but I mean the problem is is that the load on your system could actually bring down the frame rates and I really have higher frame rates than gimmicky software and tech uh, so if you're really looking for that then you might want to pick that up I me mean, well I'll, I'll tell you my thoughts about the game but me I just it's just not that important right now I mean the eye tracking seems like a cool thing but it's just not that important. I don't see a benefit for it whatsoever. I'll just use my hand, because that's what I've been doing for a while. Or hands, because you, you got a keyboard and mouse. I can't do it with one hand. Unless you can, then I'm very, I'm very um, amazed about that. Moving on, anyways. Um, so Mass Effect Andromeda, yes, is gonna have a better, <laughs> better side quest. So Dragon Age Inquisition, which I thought was an, was a a decent game, a decent offering, had the worst side missions. It's so boring, so just like go fetch quests, which is like here, go here to get this, and then come back and give it to me type of quest. So annoying. So, um, the producer of Mass Effect and Drama has said, Oh, we're gonna actually have more meaningful side quests like The Witcher. Now, The Witcher did a really good job of Psycho, especially The Witcher 3. Where, um, I mean, there's still it still was the basic of you trying to figure out what's a lot of times is the monster contract, uh, what's trying to kill you, and then figuring that out, and then uh, going going accordingly to that. But you also had other um, interesting ones as well. Uh, you had like um, like giving respects to old dead woman or finding out what was going on with it and then her disappearing. There was just a lot of interesting other ones. I can't think of any a lot of them off the top of my head. They're very interesting. Or helping Kira with clearing out uh, the haunted castle. That was an interesting one as well. I think that was a side mission. I don't think that was a main one. Um, but helping her out as well and then um, making decisions about uh, helping the ghost, the pesta, as we call it, that haunts it and telling the lover and then figuring out the true love is well deadly um but anyways there were a lot of there were a lot of those great mellow moments in witcher 3 and they actually did a really great job with that one in general um now other rpgs haven't really done really great with their side quests they've had some interesting ones but the most part has been like go here and tell him about this and then come back to me and i'll give you the reward or go here get the sword of truth I'm making that one up and then come back to me and which is all fine and I I don't mind you doing it every once in a while but if it's every single side quest you kind of just have to grind through it and you're just like ah, I just don't want to do it someone asked me one more time to go kill five different rats and then kill them I'm just gonna hack at them even if they don't die I'll still hack I'll still hack for an hour uh, but I'm glad to at least like go look at other what other people have done and be like maybe we should do this so that's a good thing they also have uh, talked about their dialogue system. Now, they're getting rid of the uh, Paragon and Renegade system because, as they claim, it was too closely tied to Shepard, um, which I guess is somewhat true because, well, 
the only Mass Effects we've played were with Shepard, so it has to be closely tied with it. Um, I, I mean, it's kind of a flimsy argument, and they could have just said, you know what, we just really want to redo the dialogue system. We want to do it in a completely different way, where it's like different tones are actually the better way of doing it, which I'm fine with, but saying it's too closely tied, who who cares if it's too closely tied to Shepard? That really wasn't the biggest part of Shepard anyways. It was just a morality wheel, kind of like Knights of the Old Republic. That's where it was based off of. The Knights of the Old Republic had the light side, dark side uh, type of dialogue and used that in a way and it transferred over into Mass Effect. So, to me, I was like, yeah, and? Who, who, who cares? Um, but, I mean, I'm fine with the whole different tones and different ways of actually communicating without actually being well, you're just an evil person and you're just a righteous person and picking it that way. I'm more fine with the gray areas of like, hey, maybe the good person still wants to be sarcastic. <laughs> uh, but you never really know what's going to be about. Luckily, it's coming out next month, so finally, we'll finally be able to play it and see if it's any good. Or they should probably just go back to Shepard. Because, you know, people, if it's not good, people will be like, I miss Shepard. You know, it's going to happen every once in a while. But moving on to Overwatch. So, Overwatch is getting some rebounds with Roadhog, and Winston's going to get a buff. Yay, Winston's a buff! I like Winston, playing Winston. He's fun. If you know how to play him, he's actually pretty fun. Uh, and he's pretty, he can mess around with a lot of people, especially those Genji people. Um, but anyways, uh, what, it, what the PTR, the public test round, was going to have is that it's going to be, because they're always going to be testing these things out, is that Rohog's scrap gun, which is his main gun, is going to have a decreased spread of 20%, so it's going to be more refined spread. His also his hook targets will be uh, drawn now drawn into 3.5 meters away instead of the existing 2 meters away, and also the, the hook is going to have a longer cooldown time by 2 additional seconds, so instead of 6, it's going to be 8 seconds, which some people actually might be a little upset about because it's, it's about a 20% increase in that so there's that um it seems like they're trying to balance it out will it actually work eh, we'll, we'll probably see some still changes in them fine-tuning that now Winston is actually gonna get a critical hit volume will be dropped by 15% and they said and I'm actually happy about this is that uh, for Winston he just had a, a normally high volume of a critical hit in the head which is normally big they're trying to draw that down to actually be more in line with other heroes, which I'm fine with. So they're just bringing down for other heroes, so it's not like he's... I mean, he's already a big target anyways. He's a big, huge gorilla, so it's just more in line with that, which I'm fine with. Um, so I I don't mind any of these changes. Now, some people that main Roadhog actually might because it, it does seem like a really... It seems like a nerf to me, but, I mean, play it, see if it is, and then complain to... Blizzard about it, be like, ah, I want it back to normal, where is it, ah. I mean, they have done another different types of modifications from Diva and Mercy, and they are working with, uh, with, at, uh, not Winston, uh, Bastion, and like, the, the, the robot that just talks and beeps, um, but, yeah, I mean, I like, I like the weapon condition for Winston and his critical hit volume being reduced. I think it's a good thing, especially if it's more in line with every character. Because, like I said before, he's a big target. He's a really big target. If you miss him, well, he's moving around a lot, and you can jump. You can jump very long distances, but I like that. So, woohoo for Winston. Maybe not so much for Roadhog characters, but eh, you'll adapt. 
Uh, but moving on to Rainbow Six Siege. Now, I want to say that Rainbow Six Siege ha Season 2 has finally hit, and we've had Jackal and Mira, I think is the new one. Um, now, Jackal can be able to track footsteps, which uh, the community has been like, oh, great, or oh, I hate this. Like, the whole point of this game is to have roamers, and some people are like, oh, rah, rah. like, good, no more roamers, we can kill the roamers. Um, so, I'm I'm apolitical about it, because I don't play as much as I would love to, it's just every time I play it, I'm terrible at it. I will freely admit I'm terrible at this game. Probably because I don't play it that much, so I'm not as good at it. Um, but, also another thing is that Rainbow Six Siege Starter Edition is back, and it's going to be back for good this time. So you're going to get a cheaper edition of it. It's going to be $15, and then about 20 bucks in Australia, and you're going to get two operators and two um, um, randomized operators, so about four of them in general. Now my thing is, is that you should play the operations first, so you can kind of get a handle on some of the um, operators as well. Uh, but yeah, if you're looking for a game that actually is pretty good and pretty uh, tactical and a lot different from Call of Duty and Battlefield, uh, Rainbow Six Siege is actually the one for you. Uh, now, now, I'm going to warn you guys, if you have not played anything like this, know that running around without being tactical about it can get you killed really quickly. So, yeah, just know that about this game, is that this game is not... Call of Duty or Battlefield, where you get your little bit of a bullet sponge. Um, I said a little bit, not fully. But moving on to Torment Tides and uh, Numeria. I probably butchered that, but I was trying to make sure they're saying that the best. But they've had a new story trailer, which actually makes me really excited. It comes out this month, by the end of this month. But it's kind of about um, kind of cheating death. And how experiments and ancient technology is gonna rise, and that the shadow is coming to kill them all. Ooh. Um, so it's probably gonna be a game that I'm gonna be reviewing this month, as well as For Honor, which comes out next Tuesday. Uh, but yeah, I'm actually really excited for this. I love RPGs. I love top-down RPGs. They're a really fun, tactical way of playing it. So I'm really excited for this. But yeah, torment. Ooh. And it's uh, being this spiritual spiritual successor of Planetscape Torment is even better because it's one of the best games in PC history. A lot of people put it up there really high because of the story, the dialogue, and just the way you can not actually battle people. If you don't want to, you can actually talk your way out of it. Very interesting. I'm hoping it has that same type of high caliber as Planetscape Torment, but it also could have. It also probably has that high expectation as well. So you could be, you could be um, let down. Yes, it's unfortunate. All right. So there's E3 news. So this week, uh, E3 has announced that they are going to going to be opening it to the public this year. Now it hasn't been open to the public at all from when it's in its inception. It's only been open to uh, people in the industry, but they've decided this year to do it. Um, so tickets go on sale on Monday for it. Now the early bird special is about $150 per ticket for this as well. Then after that it's going to go up $250 after the first 10000 I think. Um, so I would actually be... Um, I would actually be really, really aware of that. Um, but it's limited, it actually, it's limited to 15000 anyway. So there are very limiting uh, factors for this as well. Um, but... It's glad to see that E3 has finally heard the feedback that people actually want to go to this and actually want to see it as well. 
Um, so we'll we'll see we'll see what it's all about. Uh, now, two hundred fifty bucks or even one hundred fifty bucks is really that's 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 uh, that's like my head's going ah that's a lot of money. Um, unless you're able to get press credentials, it's really a lot of money and it can it's not cheap. Let's just say that it's not cheap whatsoever. But uh, if you want to do it, I would get I would get to. Uh, I would get the early bird special because it's a hundred dollars off, and then you can enjoy all the press events if you can get, actually get there. You probably not, but you at least can enjoy the show show floor of it and see what all the games are going to be about instead, which is also another great thing. So, like I said before, this is actually great. I'm glad that they finally E3 Commission or whatever the consortium uh, has finally said, well, people really want to do it, so we should probably actually do it. So that's a that's actually a really great thing. Thank you, E3, for finally doing that. And yes, be uh, be up early on Monday if you want to get the early bird special. <laughs> up early bird special. Ooh. All that fun stuff. All right, so last week, I think uh, it ended like Monday, I think. Um, Ghost Recon Wildlands had a closed beta. Um, yeah, the beta. It really wasn't that good. To be honest with you, like I'm all for. I love Ghost Recon. I love the first one, but this one just—it was all over the place. Um, the the driving the car was kind of a little haywire at times. Uh, the bikes were fun uh, to, to to drive, especially if you just like do your jumps. Um, AI was not that smart, and you really had to direct it nine times out of ten, which I wish they kind of actually was smarter about it. But luckily, you didn't get in the way all the time. Uh, my one big pet peeve was when you're you're piloting the helicopter, and the helicopter actually had weapons. There was no crosshair, so I didn't know where the heck I was firing at. I didn't know where I was firing. I was like, here, here, what's going on? What is going on? Why can I not know where I'm shooting? Uh, so that was my big problem. The other one was the unlocks. Um, I don't understand why you had to unlock to use the C4. I wish they. I wish it'd be more of a, like you pay to actually have a C4 available to you, not unlock to use it. Or the parachute, you had to unlock to use the parachute. Because remember, these are these are elite guys. So some of it was just kind of like I get you have an unlock system, but at least these are elite people. I mean, unlock it to you know purchase it. I don't know something like that. I would rather have them. I'd rather have the system be a little bit more cohesive at it. Um, I was just not really impressed. It just seemed like a very um, tried traditional open world game, almost close to, and people have actually make claims to it's Just Cause series where it's like elite soldiers just doing mayhem. Um, the other thing is that they pushed co-op a lot in it and I didn't really get a chance to play it because I was just trying to play everything in a very uh, short time but um, I just, it, to me playing the, the closed beta I was like I don't really see a point in this game. I really don't see how many, how long people are gonna play this game. This game doesn't, this game just doesn't feel very fun. My problem is that uh, Ubisoft does not do good open world games. They've never figured out the best structure for it. And they need to look at Mass Effect. They need to look at Dragon Age Inquisition. They need to look at Grand Theft Auto series. And they also need to look at The Witcher 3 series. The Witcher 3 did the best open world I can see. Also, Elder Scrolls and Fallout. 
Bethesda, what they do is a pretty good job too. And they need to kind of figure out their own structure and their own way of doing it. Watch Dogs wasn't very good. Division got better over time. Uh, I never played Watch Dogs 2 because I just wasn't interested at all. And they do make really good, like, short focus games like uh, Rainbow Six Siege. Really great game. Not open world at all. For Honor, well, I'll talk about it a little bit later, but um, I just did not feel like this was a good game at all. I felt like this was very mediocre. I felt like they did everything okay. Uh, the graphics were nice, but I felt like everything was just okay. Um, piloting was awful, too. <laughs> I almost crashed. Thank, thank God I didn't. Um, I had to restart that mission over again. But yeah, it just, it just really just did not... It didn't really feel very good. Um, it, it, I, did, I feel like the hype from E3 was just off on what the game actually was. So there's another letdown there as well. But I, I'm, I mean, I could be wrong. I hope I'm wrong about this. I hope it's actually a good game because I don't really want to see Ghost Recon go away. But it feels like lately uh, Ubisoft's just been messing up on some of them and they just need to do a better job about it. Now moving on, now my, these are my initial impressions of the open beta of For Honor. I played the last two alphas, and it's actually changed from quite a bit from the last two alphas that I played with. They actually have a map, they actually have kind of like each faction fighting against each other type of like way of doing it, and they have seasons for it as well. So I see a very competitive option there, which I think is actually a really smart idea. I actually like that idea. My only problem with the three faction deal is that Planet Side 2 kind of had that in the beginnings of the game. One faction was always dominating the other one, so there could be that factor in it as well. Um, for the most part, I, I, the only, I mean, I've only played a couple of the characters, or the, I played the newer characters finally. Um, I think they're actually pretty cool, they're pretty nice. Um, one of the Vikings, I think the shield guy, he just seems really slow, and eh, I, I don't like him as much, but he could actually be really resourceful, I just haven't played him well enough yet. The problem is that I played last night, which it just came out that day, and someone was already at level 17. I'm like, holy dang, dude, like, take a break, do some work, I don't know. Um, but uh, all in all, I was actually pretty impressed. I was doubting it in the alphas. I was like, I don't think it's going to do very well, because I don't really see a point. I mean, my only problem is when you play Domination, I had one team that didn't even try to get points. I was like, dude, the whole point of this game is to get points and to kill people, not just to kill people. And that's my problem with, well, Battlefield people as well. Some Battlefield players just don't get that you're supposed to play the objective. Um, but all in all, I actually think it could actually be a hit if they do it right, if they actually get the comp competition down well, and if they can actually get each faction at a reasonably fair kind of uh, ratio. If they can't, if one's going to be lopsided than the other, it's probably not going to work as much. And so that's my only fear about that. But like I said, I haven't played the full game, so I haven't. There is a single player component apparently, but I haven't played that. Um, the customization is good. Now in the alpha, I could actually change the gender of each hero. This one I can't. I mean, there's an option for it. Well, let me click on it. So maybe I have to get a certain level to actually do that. Um, but that's that's fine. I mean, it's a minor thing. It's not that big of a deal. It's just confusing to me. Um, so. Uh, and I think, for the most part, the characters are pretty well balanced. I think each one of them has their own, like, unique abilities, and each one can be countered or at least, uh, at least, uh, dealt with by each other character. You just have to play to your character's strengths, 
and that's the biggest thing about it so there's that um but beyond that i think it's actually a pretty good game i haven't played against humans yet because i'm trying to get my bearings on it once more again i'm always afraid to play against people better than me because it's like dang it i'm just not good uh oh the ai is actually pretty good um died a couple times for them but i was quite surprised it was like hey the ai is actually competent i hate you still um you're better than me why um, but yeah, I'm actually pleasantly surprised that 400 is actually looking to actually be a pretty good game. Uh, but moving on to gaming deals for this weekend to try out. So, uh, uh, GOG's having Civ City, Rome, Zeus, Pharaoh, and Civ City, and more up to 80% off, so check those out. Uh, uh, Sniper Elite 4 is on sale for 20% off. That comes out uh, Tuesday, as well as 400 does. Uh, Halo Wars 2 comes out this month as well, and that's 18% off in Green, Green Man Gaming. Excuse me. And uh, Rainbow Six Siege Season 2 Pass is 15% off on Green Man Gaming. And Quantum Break is 25% off at uh, Green Man Gaming as well. And then we have the Steam games. You have Batman for half off the Telltale Batman version, I should say. Uh, for $12, you have Tecra, uh, Technomancer, which is $13 as well. Um, there's some always some great deals going on with Steam. I mean, it's, it's Steam. They always got some really great deals. You have Firewatch. For 50% of it, $10. Not a bad game. I mean, it's actually, I would pick it up for 10 bucks. So, uh, Civ 6 is $47.99. Uh, Darkest Dungeon, which is a pretty good game, is $12.49 as well. And you have Isolations for 75% off. 10 bucks. What? That's a good game. You should, you should really pick that up. Anyways. Um, thank you for tuning in to Gamers Cafe. That's the end of it. We're going to be closing shop soon, or I'm going to be closing shop soon. And as always, be sure to subscribe to Digital Coffee on iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, uh, tune in iHeartRadio. Also, follow Digital Coffee on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. I'm on Daily Motion now, Vidme, Minds, Gab.ai, or my personal account is on there as well and player.me and anchor radio also uh if you like these podcasts please consider supporting me on patreon and poppy and i appreciate it and uh, i have some great uh coffee mugs and uh t-shirts and hoodies at the digital coffee podcast store just go to digital coffee pop podcast.com go to the store and uh join me on tuesday when i tuesday morning i should say when i go through marketing and morning marketing all right guys have a good weekend and game on later <laughs>